I'm Gillian Bowen, the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ or CAANZ. This is Small Firm Big Impact. I think perhaps most importantly when I think about professional development, it helps you think and reflect and get outside your comfort zone and those things are really important for business and professional success. When we uh, reflect, when we pause, it leads to better decision making and who's not for that uh, in, in a business and I think if you lead even a really small team, if you're growing and developing, then you're going to lead better. Think about the smallest amount that you of professional development that you could commit to and make it a habit. Do it for a month and then see what happens. It's the podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. And each fortnight, I share resources, tools and expert advice provided by CAANZ and a range of people across our profession. So make sure you're following the pod in your favourite pod app. And if you've got an idea for the show, email podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Today, we have leadership coach and author Susan McAlpine in the hot seat. The topic, professional development. What does it look like and how to find time? Susie McAlpine, welcome to Small Firm Big Impact. Hi, Gil. It's great to be here. Okay, so why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself, your expertise? Well, I suppose you could call me a leadership development specialist. I'm a bit of a self-confessed leadership geek. Uh, I'm the author of the award-winning leadership blog, The Leader's Digest, uh, and I wrote a best-selling book called Beyond Burnout, How to Spot It, Stop It, and Stamp It Out. And I've also created a blended leadership program for organisations wanting to help their emerging leaders with those important leadership skills uh, called The Leader's Map. Uh, and I'm an uh, executive coach to chief executives. And I live in sunny Nelson at the top of uh, the South Island with my husband and the last of our three kids. My teenage daughter give me strength. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that feels like a great combo of all the things that we're going to need to have this chinwag today. So why is professional development important? Well, I think professional development's a bit like exercise. Uh, we know it's really important, but it can be really hard to fit in. It, it sort of fits into that important but not urgent quadrant uh, of the urgent and important matrix, if you've come across that. Um, with so many business needs pulling you in, you know, lots of different multiple directions, it can be really easy to forget time, uh, to, to not spend time developing yourself. But Professional development is, it's got lots of benefits. It can help you hone your skills, which in turn helps you improve your business and your team. And if you are leading a team, it, it really helps you bring those skills that you're learning to them as well. Uh, I think it really helps you better meet the challenges that your business is facing. It can help with career advancement. Uh, I think it's really good for developing your self-awareness, which is a leadership superpower. It can help you identify blind spots and areas where you can improve, but also it can really help you identify and work from your strengths. 
I think perhaps most importantly, when I think about professional development, it helps you think and reflect and get outside your comfort zone. And those things are really important for business and professional success. And and if it involves others, as some professional development does, it can really help you meet new people and connect and guard against, uh, you know, isolation, which I think is really prevalent in a lot of small businesses and small business owners. So mm. those are just some of the benefits of professional development. Yeah, well, on that, let's dive into that a bit deeper because we are talking to small and medium-sized practices. So what difference does it make to a small business that is professional development? Or even if, I, if, I, if I'm working for myself, it's just me, what difference yep. does PD make for me? Well, I work for myself. I'm a small business owner. And I think when it comes to professional development and small businesses, look, small businesses are facing some pretty big changes and challenges right now. You might have come across uh, that acronym VUCA, which is, you know, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous, which describes the environment in which we're operating. Sounds like and a bad dream. It is. And I think it's where we're, you know, it's on steroids at the moment. And so I think professional development in specific areas can really help you better meet those challenges. And as I mentioned before, it falls into that reflective space or type of work that you do. And we do know from research that when we uh, reflect, when we pause, it leads to better decision making and who's not for that uh, in, in a business. And I think if you lead even a really small team, if you're growing and developing, then you're going to lead better. Okay. So and you, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there. Did you have something else you wanted to add? Well, the only other thing is that if you are leading others and you're putting time and effort into your own professional and personal development, you're modelling what you want to uh, to see in others, and I think that's a really good way to influence others in your organisation to mm. also prioritise professional I, development. Okay, so I think we've we've really got a good understanding of the why. I want to now dive into giving some examples of the sorts of things that you could do. And I've been poking around in your blog, and I really like the post that you've got up there about the one percent improvement rule because it felt manageable. What mm. is the one percent improvement rule? So I love the 1% improvement rule too. It was uh, coined by Head of British Cycling, Sir Dave Brailsford, when he applied this theory of marginal gains to cycling with the UK team. And as a result of that, they went on to achieve uh, some brilliant results, some gold medals. And he said the whole principle came from this idea that if you break everything down that you could think of that goes into riding a bike and then improve it by 1%, you're going to get significant increase when you put them all together. It's this fancy concept called the aggregation of marginal gains. And basically, it just means compounding small gains that encourages people to continually search for a tiny margin of improvement in everything you do. And this can be really applied to leadership and professional development. So then how do I apply that to a small business or a sole practitioner? Well, one obvious area is process improvement. So it might be looking at a process in your business that's clunky, maybe there's double ups, red tape, bureaucracy, and you might ask, if we improve that by 1% uh, over time, what would that look like? What would that mean? You could apply it to sales, for example. You could say, if we could improve sales by 1% each week or each day, 
how could we do that? And even internally with your own leadership practice, if you wanted to say, oh, hey, I want to increase my coaching skills by 1%, you know, how could I bring in uh, coaching conversations by 1% a week with my with my team members? So it really helps us break down what can be really uh, big, overwhelming tasks into these small 1% improvements. And over time, over a year, that's really going to help. Is that something a small business could do on their own or should they bring in someone to help them identify the sorts of things that they could improve by 1%? Well, I think it's both. I absolutely don't think you need to bring somebody in. Um, some of the ways that a small business could look at uh, that 1% improvement rule is things like managing non-performance. Let's say somebody is not where they need to be or want to be in terms of some aspect of your performance. You could have a coaching conversation with them and say, if we were to improve this by 1% every day, what would that look like. like. Yeah. Another way you can really apply the 1% rule as a small business owner is if you and your team have this big audacious goal that you really want to achieve, but it seems a bit out of reach, uh, applying the 1% rule, you know, would apply there. When you want uh, to improve continuous improvement, but you want it manageable and not overhaul everything, or even when you're teaching somebody a new skill, uh, what does it look like if they are improving and learning at 1% rate? Uh, so I think it's really good if you or your team are feeling a bit overwhelmed with too many yes. priorities, you mm -hmm. could say, okay, let's look at the top three priorities. Uh, let's limit it to three priorities over the next month. What would it look like if we were making 1% improvement gains in each of those three priorities? So those are just some of the ways that you can apply that 1% rule in your own business mm -hmm. without getting somebody in. Sounds really interesting. And what are some of the useful types of professional development that if someone listening along was thinking they might want to consider? Well, when I think about professional development, it's anything that makes you think or uh, enables you to learn some new skills or pushes you outside your, your comfort zone and gets you to reflect. Uh, often I think when we think about professional development, we think it has to be some course or external training. Mm. It can be that, but it can be other ways. You might have come across the 70-20-10 rule. Uh, and the 70-20-10% uh, rule reveals that people tend to learn 70% of their knowledge from challenging experience or assignments or on the job, 20% from developmental relationships like mentoring or peer coaching, and only 10% from coursework or training. When I think about types of professional development. It can be anything from reading industry or relevant articles. For me, as a leadership coach, my go-to is the Harvard Business Review and some of the research that comes out of that. So it can be reading an article. It can be listening to a podcast like this one, right? Yep. Uh, you know, so if you are listening here today, brava, you're, you can tick off some, <laughs> some professional development. Yes. Um, it can be training in some specific domain skills that might be relevant uh, to your job, but it can also be uh, training in things that are often seen as soft skills like leadership or resilience. 
It can be uh, getting a coach or a mentor. So maybe you might have a mentoring relationship. It can be attending an industry body event or a conference. But I think often it can also be what's a project? What's a way that I can take on new challenges or new th- or, or learn new things in my current position? Um, it can be doing a new project, particularly if you include at the end of that project what I call a retro. What did we do well? What did we uh, do not so well? What could we do next time? So I think it can be really big chunks, you know, that five-day course, but it can be really what I call micro moments, little things like putting, you know, sprinklings. I love that word, um, Gil. So so it can look at all of those things. Mm. Yes, well, and because people who work in big firms would have their firms point them in the right direction of suitable courses and training. But I'm thinking if I'm out there on my own or I'm the boss of a smaller firm, I want to make sure that I'm pointing myself or, or my employees to the right sort of course. How do I make sure I'm doing that? Where do I find those? Well, I'd start with two uh, two things. I'd start with an outside-in and an inside-out assessment of where you need and want to develop. And so what I mean by that is an outside-in assessment might be asking yourself, if you're running your own business, what are the skills or areas I need to develop or get better at in order for me to better meet the challenges or opportunities that are facing my business right now or maybe over the next year or so. And so for me, an example of that was when I first started writing my blog, gosh, this was about five years ago, uh, I knew I needed to get better at writing and I knew that eventually I was going to write my book, which is beyond burnout. And so one of the first things I did was get some individual coaching, but also did some training, uh, some online courses on how to get better at copywriting. So that's kind of outside in. But then also inside out assessment means looking at what are your strengths? You know, what do I enjoy doing and what am I good at? And where do the two of those intersect? And how can I find ways to develop those strengths more and work from them? And it might be looking at feedback. uh, It might be looking at my strengths and weaknesses and choosing one or two that I need to get better at. So once you've identified I guess, a topic that you want to develop, then you do your research. And look, I find that just some of the most basic things, asking others, trusted advisors, peers, friends, industry bodies, you might look at somebody who's really good at that thing and reach out to them and say, how did you get better? You know, heck, even LinkedIn, you know, I saw somebody the other day saying, look, I'm really interested in getting better at this. Who can recommend some courses? Even Google is your friend. So it doesn't always have to be a really big, expensive course. Once again, you might start with some articles or some podcasts or some mini learning lessons. Um, So those are just one, some of the ways that I would say to start if you're a small business owner on that professional development journey. Now, continuing professional development is important for CAA and Z to maintain the quality and expertise of the profession. And it's for this reason that all members are required to undertake continuing professional development or CPD. So it's equipping you with the knowledge and the skills that you need to stay up to date in your field. And like we've talked about in this episode, it should be flexible. So from the CAANZ perspective, that's conferences, courses, workshops, technical discussion groups, webinars, 
uh, in-house training, self-directed learning. Um, and, and what's also relevant here is your chosen CPD activities are not restricted to courses associated with accounting or financial topics. So if the activity is structured, educational or technical in content and enhances your ability to do your job, that training can also go towards your CPD. Now, there's lots of great information about this and how to get it verified and authorised on the CA ANZ website, including details of what's in the CA Education Store, for example. And don't forget, your CA ANZ membership unlocks exclusive access to services, tools and resources. So what I'll do is I'll put a link in the show notes that has all of this in one great place on the website for you to easily access. So then the question is, what is getting in the way of PD? Well, like a lot of uh, things when you say what what gets in the way, it's the same when I ask people what gets in the way of you coaching more, what gets in the way of delegation or giving feedback, people will say, what, time. I don't have enough time. Uh, What that really means is that we haven't made it a priority, and I think that's okay. If it's not a priority, let's just be honest about that. I would say start small. Uh, Maybe do some of those sprinklings, those micro moments, and make it a habit. It's once again back to that metaphor of exercise. You're better to do 20 minutes every day or 20 minutes five a day, five times a week, and make it a habit than bite off too much. And so I would say start small. Think about the smallest amount that you of professional development that you could commit to and make it a habit. Do it for a month and then see what happens. Mm. That's my way. Yes, no, I like that. And I mean, this. my last question then ties in nicely because you are also an expert in burnout. And I feel that perhaps the two these two things maybe work together in that we argue we don't have enough time for PD, but at the same time we're burning out. What What is burnout? What does that look like? So burnout is a state of emotional, physical and mental exhaustion caused by either really excessive and or prolonged stress related to your professional life. It's really important that we don't demonise stress in and of itself. In fact, a certain amount of stress is not only really good for our performance, it's really good for our well-being. It's when that stress becomes unremitting, unrelenting, chronic, what I call baked into the role, that you're more likely to get onto the on, uh, on burnout on-ramp. And I think with small business owners, um, it's really important to look at the six causes of burnout. There are six causes, overwork, a lack of control, a sense of isolation, an absence of fairness, insufficient reward, and a values conflict or a mismatch of values. Uh, And I go into a lot more detail in, in my book, Beyond Burnout, about these. But I think that often with small businesses, it's probably the first three that you are most at risk, that overwork, that lack of control and isolation. And so what you can do is look at what are some of the root causes that may be at play for me, Um, and then get better at recognising the symptoms of burnout, um, chronic exhaustion and sort of an increased cynicism or depersonalisation and a sense of reduced professional efficacy. And where professional development intersects is what we do know is that if people can work from their strengths over time, if they can uh, have regular breaks 
And that might be a 10-minute walk around the block uh, during our day. If we can get better at prioritizing, you know, make a to-don't list as well as a to-do list, uh, then these things can act as as buffers to burnout. Um, and the other thing around professional development and, and where this interlinks with burnout is one of the major causes is isolation. And so if you can have some peer coaching, if you can have a networking event with peers who are in your industry, if you can attend something that, that means that you feel less isolated, mm. that can also help to, to act as a buffer against burnout. Oh, we've got a lot to go away and think about. Our brains, I'm sure, are bubbling. Uh, where to next for those listening along? Well, I think um, if you were thinking about um, professional development, I would say use micro moments. Micro moments are um are those small moments that are important in leadership. Um, it might be asking yourself at the beginning of each day, what's the most important thing for me to focus on today? Mm. It might be reading a five-minute blog or listening to a podcast. It might be uh, prioritising your development but starting small and make it a habit. Um, I have to practice what I preach. I yes. um, really, I really lean into that, and I found that even if it's an hour on a Friday that I safeguard into professional development, I wouldn't have written my book. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have written my book if I hadn't have done that. So it's it's, um, it's yeah, start small of your it own is. destiny. Absolutely. Look at us inspiring people. (laughs) Look, we've covered a lot and that is all we have time for. My timer is going off. If you want to find out more about Susan McAlpine, you can check out her blog, The Leader's Digest. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And you should also check out the other episodes from season three. Follow the pod in your favourite pod app to find them or the show's page on the Chartered Accounts Australia and New Zealand website. The podcast has an email, so feel free to get in touch. Podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Let's start a conversation. Thank you, Susan McAlpine, for being my expert on small firm Big Impact. Thanks, Gil. Bye-bye.